Welcome to another episode of A Light to the Children's Ministry with your host, the Apostle Ruben. Welcome, brothers and sisters, all praises to the Most High at this midpoint of the week. I am your host, the Apostle Ruben. Well, brothers and sisters, in this 30-minute podcast episode, I'm going to be going over grace. Now, brothers and sisters of the Most High, you and I both know those that keep the law, that we watch ministers in the Sunday community teach grace. Now, when they, I, I, I would take, I take that back, they call themselves teaching grace. They always go to two places in the Bible when they teach grace. One is Romans chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. The other is in Galatians 5, verse 1 through 5. The key verse is verse 14 of Romans 6 and verses 4 and 5 in Galatians uh, chapter 5. So what I want to do now is I want to read these two scriptures off to you that they read to their ministers. And I guarantee you, brothers and sisters, once we get into this podcast episode about grace, you're going to see how they are turning God's grace as Jude mentioned in Jude chapter 1, verse 4, into lasciviousness. Let's begin. And even before I read, well, let me just go ahead and read verse 14 first of Romans 6. It says, For sin, transgression of the law, shall not have dominion over you. Now, verse 13, verse 13 of Romans 6. This is what they like to skip over. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, transgression, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now, like I said before, and I'll say it again, there is righteousness and unrighteousness. We read unrighteousness in verse 13 and righteousness. They're opposite. So he said, yield not, neither yield your members to sin, to transgressing God's law, like breaking the Sabbath, not keeping the holy days, and keeping Easter and Christmas. See, there is no scripture in the Bible that says they read the Bible on the first day of the week. No, there is any scripture that said that they worshiped on December 25th. There's no scripture that says Christ was born on December 25th. So somewhere down the line, brothers and sisters, we're looking at people who honor God with their lips and their hearts are far from him. And to justify that, they're using these verses that I'm about to read. Verse 13, again, I'm going to read it real quick. Neither yield, your, neither yield ye your members as instruments to unrighteousness unto sin, transgressing God's law. Don't get caught up in that. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. How are we alive from the dead? What does it mean to be dead? If we're alive from the dead, how were we dead? Let's go to Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. It says, and ye he hath quickened, made alive. Now, brothers and sisters, 
to be quickened is how the Bible says you are quickened. Now, a lot of people say, well, we're quickened in Christ. See, people want to use Christ without his words. But Christ said in John 6, 63, the spirit quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So the words give life. You can't believe in Christ without his words with Christ. The biggest part of Christ is his message. So when we go back to Ephesians 2, it says, And you he hath quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. We are dead. Now, and I'm going to show you something. I want to take you to 1 Timothy 5, then we're going to go back to uh, Ephesians 2. Here's 1 Timothy chapter 5. I want, to, I want you to see what Paul writes. It says, now, this not only goes to the woman, but this goes to anybody. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 6 says, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. Now, and I'm going to show you that again in Matthew. Matthew chapter 8, verse 22. Look real quick. It says, but Jesus said unto him, follow me, let the dead bury the dead. When he says that, the, and you know, brothers and sisters, the dead cannot bury dead. If you're dead, you cannot bury the dead. But you are dead in sins. So all of these Sunday keepers are already the walking dead that are among us. They're dead because they are are still in their trespasses and sins so when we go back to ephesians 2 verse 1 it says you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience those that break god's commandments see that's what you when you when you walked in that when you walked according to the prince of power of the air the devil and you were disobedient to the law you were dead in your trespasses right back to romans gotta move it real quick that's why he says, as those that are alive from the dead that have been quickened. Remember, alive from the dead means quickened. We read that in Ephesians 2 and 1. So let's go to Psalms 119, verse 50. Psalms 119, verse 50. Now, Psalms 119 is like the encyclopedia of the Bible. Everything you need to know is in Psalms 119. That's why a lot of preachers try to keep you from reading Psalms 119. Psalms 119, verse 50 says, This is my comfort and my affliction, for thy word has quickened me, made me alive. Ephesians 2, verse 1. You are made alive by the laws. Even if you read verse 93, Psalms 119, verse 93, I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me, made me alive. So when 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 you are made alive, let's go back to Romans 6:13. When you are made alive from the dead, Paul says to them in, in verse 13, where he mentions, and your members as instruments of righteousness, the righteousness is in keeping the law. Is fulfilling the righteousness of the law in your body, which is of the spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 4. That's what that's talking about. He tells you how. Romans 8, verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So us that keep the law walk after the spirit. We're not walking after the flesh, which is the flesh in this case. He's referring to the judges of Israel who walk after the flesh of carnal things, which was the temple. 
the birth of the flesh, the Pharisee, in which they really don't break down correctly, brothers and sisters, because we don't have a temple, nor do we sacrifice. We keep the spiritual law of the Ten Commandments. Let's go back to Romans 6, verse 14. If we yield our members as instruments to the law, verse 14 says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Now we know that sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Verse 15, what then? Shall we transgress the law because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. See, that right there, that verse, brothers and sisters, our people, the true children of Israel, cannot accept that. With the help of their preachers, of course. Shall we sin? Shall we not keep the Sabbath or the holy days? Shall we keep other forms of worship? Because we're not under the law, but under grace. Paul said, God forbid. Now, the law he's talking about is the priesthood. Because people don't understand, Paul is not writing to Caucasian Romans. Caucasian Romans were not under the law. When you go back to Acts, you know, because I tell you, Acts 22, 25, Paul was a Roman, but he was a Jew. Acts 22, verse 3 down, he was a Jew born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia. This is talking about Italy. The capital of Italy is Rome. You got to think about this, brothers and sisters. When you go back to Acts Go back to Acts 18, verse 2. And found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come up from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius, Claudius Caesar, had commanded all Jews to part from Rome and came unto them. So Claudius Caesar wanted all you Jews to get out of Rome. It's time for y'all to depart out of Rome because Jews were in but like i said before and i'll say it again real quick brothers and sisters they did not call them roman jews or jewish rome or, or jew romans they were romans by citizen but they were jews by bloodline This is, this is what your preachers don't want you to see in the Bible. So when Paul says, for ye are not under the law, but under grace, he's talking to those Jews that are in Rome. Because when you go back, let me show you. When you go back to Zechariah, we're going we're gonna to visit this in the New Testament too. The scripture I'm about to read you is Zechariah. It says, and I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Jews, the spirit of grace and supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. Now, one, Christ has got to pour out the spirit of grace first. And in time, they shall look upon the Savior whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him. This is talking about the second coming. As one mourned for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. So the spirit of grace is going to come to the, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the Jews. So, so far, brothers and sisters, so far, when we when we talk about um we're being not being up under the law we want to make sure that we understand that the law is also sacrifice we um would read this we would read this in hebrews 8 because god is making a distinction through paul 
the law. It's just that people, if you do not know the law or care to explain the law to the people, you can have them thinking that we're not under the Ten Commandments, but under grace. That is a lie. No. When you go back and look at Hebrews chapter 8, verse 4, it says, For if we were on earth, for if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. The gifts are sacrifices. The same gift Christ told the man that had leprosy in John chapter 8, verse 4, when he told him in John 8, verse 4, go and take thy, uh, let me, let's go read it. This is Matthew, excuse me, Matthew 8, 4. I, I don't know if I said John 8, 4. But Matthew chapter 8, verse 4 says, and Jesus said unto him, see thou tell no man. This is when he healed the man from leprosy. But go thy way and show thyself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. So Moses' law, as being the father of Levi, Second Kings twenty three eighteen, his law was basically upon sacrifice. Even though he recorded the Ten Commandments in the book of the law, which is the Torah. The key law we're focusing on here is sacrifice. You still had to give a gift to the priest. Now, when Christ died and the curtain of the temple went in twain, then that priesthood ended. But that doesn't mean that those that didn't that those that didn't accept Christ. That's why the Bible says in John. John chapter 1. This is what this verse means. John chapter 1 verse 11 says, He came unto his own, and his own received them him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. What does that mean? Let's get the book of Acts. The book of Acts 13. Book of Acts 13. And verse 27 says, for they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. The him was Christ. So the rulers, the priests, the Pharisee, the chief priests did not accept Christ. So if they did not accept Christ, guess what? They're going to continue doing the works of the priesthood, which are called law. But Paul being a former Pharisee, because that's what Paul was, he was a Pharisee. And you look at the book of Acts, you look at the book of Acts, chapter 23, verse 6, it says, But when Paul perceived that one part was Sadducee and the other a Pharisee, he cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of the dead I am called in question. Paul was a, form, was a Pharisee at one point. So the works of the law were fulfilled in Paul himself. He was committing the works of the law and he was persecuting the people until he was struck down on the road to Damascus. You'll find that story in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 down. So Paul being a former worker of the law, which is a Pharisee, now has become spiritual in Christ Jesus, which is why he said this, this is why he said this, he said, therefore now there is no condemnation to them that walk in Christ Jesus. The condemnation was committed by Paul himself 
when he killed and persecuted the people up under the rulers of the chief priests and Pharisee. Because the people were leaving the works of the law, which is the temple, and having faith in Christ. That's why he said, who walk not after the flesh, which is the Pharisee, the carnalness of the, of the law. Why do you think Christ said to Nicodemus, a Pharisee, that which is born of flesh is flesh? The, the, when he was talking about that which was born of flesh, that that was born of the works of the law of the temple, because it dealt with flesh. But after the spirit, for the law of the spirit and life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. So there were two forms of the law. One was in the spirit. The other was in the flesh. The Ten Commandments are the spiritual law mentioned in Romans 7, 14. The spirit. They are, they are the law that many Sunday ministers call the moral law. It deals with the conscience. But the flesh, the law of the flesh, the sacrifice to atone for sin dealt not with the conscience. All it was was the was the knowledge of sin. It gave you the when you had the knowledge of sin come to you. We read this, I think, the book of Leviticus. Real quick. Leviticus. Chapter 4, verse 28 says, If he sin, if he transgress the law which he has sinned, come to his knowledge, he shall bring his offering. A kid of the goats, a female without blemish, for his sin which he has sinned. See, the law that is the knowledge of sin dealt with offering. So when you look at the grace, there was no grace in that law. Now, when we go back and look at the grace again, when we go back and look at grace, they like to, and I went over a podcast episode of Galatians chapter five, verse uh, one, Galatians chapter five, verse one through five, in which um, I already know that they love to go to Galatians uh, 5, verse 3, which says, I testify to every man that is circumcised that he is debtor to the whole law. The whole law meaning the law of the temple. He's not writing to plain people, brothers. So he's writing to rulers, the Jews, that have that are doing the service, that are judging the people. Christ has become no effect unto you whosoever of you is justified by the law you have fallen from grace now they say this justified by the law and they tried to say that you that keep the ten commandments you've fallen from grace that's not what that means he said if you're circumcised and keep the whole law second chronicles 33 verse 8 ezekiel 43 verse 11 and 12 the whole law involved the temple not the commandments not the 10 let's go to another scripture that talks about falling from grace this is one they avoid it's in hebrews now they won't talk about this hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 and 15 i'm gonna read this real quick it says follow peace Psalms 119 verse 165 says, Great peace of they who love thy law, nothing shall offend them. There's no other way to get peace besides the law. The law shows peace with all men and holiness. To be holy is to keep the law. Numbers 15 verse 39 and 40. And we also go to the New Testament where Paul says, For the law is holy. And the commandment is holy, just, and good. There's no 
other way that holiness can come beside no other way holiness can come than besides the law you can't say well we could be holy in jesus no holy comes from law can't let's just just let them tell you where they want to tell you they have to show you it says follow peace with all men and holiness without if you don't have these which no man shall see the lord if you do not have peace and holiness you shall not even see god you won't even see him you think you go well we're going to go to heaven when we die you the only place you're going brothers and sisters is the grave and await revelations 20 12 through 15. to have your people thinking that you're going to see the lord in the remaining of sin remaining in sin even though they read this in front of the people the people cannot discern when it says for the wages of sin is death for the gift of god is eternal life the payment for sin is death if you continue in sin you're going to die they can't understand that but watch this verse 15 hebrews 12 verse 15 looking diligently lest now he goes for which no man shall see the lord verse 14 looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of god now here lest any man fail from the grace of god this watch paul they want to try to stick uh they want to try to go to galatians chapter 5 verse 3 and 4 but let's look at this part about falling from grace they don't understand that and neither will they read this looking diligently verse 15 lest any man fail from grace the grace of god lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled so you can fall from grace with a root of bitterness any root what is bitterness let's go to jeremiah i'm gonna give you a couple of scriptures jeremiah 2 jeremiah 2 so this is the way you can fail from the grace of god too jeremiah 2 19 says in thine own wickedness shall correct thee thy backsliding shall reprove thee know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the lord thy god and that the fear is not in thee saith the lord of god so one of the bitter ways one of the bitter ways was that the people's hearts were turned from the law acts 8 23 one of the ways acts 8 23 acts 8 verse 23 i want to read verse 22 first now this is when simon thought that the holy ghost could be bought with money Watch what Peter tells him. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness. The wickedness is sin. I pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Let me tell you something. You do not have to frown. To prove yourself bitter you can be bitter with a smile because a smile does not last all day once a pastor get off that stage he's bitter stay tuned brothers and sisters you're listening to a light to the children's ministry with your host, the Apostle Reuben. Stay tuned. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. I decided to go a little bit 
past what I said because I want to finish up. It took me longer because when you read precepts, brothers and sisters, you're going to often take a lot of time, but I'm going, it's not going to be much, much, much longer than I'm going to be into this. Now, many may say, well, how did you come up with the conclusion that falling from grace is what you say it is? Because they're going to say it's what I say. But I'm going to prove to you that you fall from grace by not keeping it. The law is the it. Because they, they Galatians chapter 5, verse 3 and 4, the whole law, circumcision, fall from grace. Okay, the whole law, we already went over that. Chronicles 33, verse 8 mentions the whole law, and the wholeness thereof is Ezekiel 43, verse 11. Talking to the priesthood. He's not talking to a regular walking Galatian. He's talking to the priests that are in Galatia. Watch this. Let's go back to Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, we're going to read all of verse 12, 13, 14, 15 together. But I'm going to stop in verse 13 and point out something that I'm going to continue to read. Paul says in Hebrews 12, verse 12, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. See, the lame that are turned out of the way are those that are weaker in faith and in understanding of the Bible. What does it mean to be turned out of the way? Because we know Psalms 107 verse 20 says, the Lord sent forth his word, which is the law, and it healed them. So the word's going to heal the people that are lame. But if you, Paul says, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, what does it mean to be turned out of the way? What does the Bible says turned out of the way means? Let's get the book of Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 28. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 28. Just one verse. What does it mean to be turned out of the way? How do we turn people out of the way? Deuteronomy 11, verse 28 says this. Just one verse. And a curse if ye will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day and go after other gods, which is other opinion about God. From the mind of a man talking about God. Like, for instance, other gods would be the Caucasian image of Christ. It's not biblical that Christ is a Caucasian. Along with this Caucasian Christ of Christianity, you have this doctrine about grace being given to sinners. Their grace is different from the grace of the Bible. And you let a people with an opinion, which can be an idol of his own heart, Ezekiel 14. That's why, that's why people are known in the Bible as idols in their own heart. Whatever the heart of a man says, you can have millions of people believe that. Which ye have not known. See, which ye have not known is the is what is presented in the Torah. I want you to, now. I want to go back. So to be turned out of the way is to be turned out of the path of the law, but rather be healed by the law, which is the word Psalms one hundred seven verse twenty. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So how can those that don't keep the law say they're going to see the Lord? Paul said you're not going to see him if you don't follow peace, Psalms 119, verse 165, and holiness, Numbers 15, verse 40. Holiness also goes from the law, because if you keep the law, you're holy unto God. 
That's how you are holy unto your God, by keeping the law. Verse 15, looking diligently, diligently, lest any man fail from grace, the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness which is in sin spring up trouble you, and thereby make many, thereby many be defiled. See, when Paul says looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble. See, bitterness is in iniquity, and it springs up trouble. And men, and, and when when it springs up trouble, what does it do? And thereby many be defiled. How are you defiled? Watch this. Psalms one nineteen. Back to Psalm. I could, I could even went to another scripture, but I like this one. Psalms 119 verse 1 says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. So those who keep the laws are undefiled, meaning that those that don't keep the law, those that keep the law are undefiled and those that don't are defiled. All of this is law. So you can fail from grace by not keeping the law. Watch this. Let's go back. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 28. It says, He that despised Moses' law died, condemnation was in condemnation. That's what died means killing, death. Died without mercy, without grace, because grace and mercy is the same. Grace, mercy, and favor are synonymous under two or three witnesses watch this how much sore punishment suppose ye shall be thought worthy who has trotten underfoot the son of god and have and have counted the blood of the covenant the blood of his covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing they considered it sin. Unholy means sin. I'm, I'm going to prove that to you. Watch. Let's go to 1 Timothy. What's unholy? 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. You're going to find out, brothers and sisters, that when you talk about unholy, it's the opposite of holy. And what is the un? Watch this, First Timothy one and nine, real quick. Knowing this, that the law is not made for the righteous man, because the righteous keep it, but the law is made for the disobedient, for the ungodly, and for the sinners. The ungodly are the sinners, for unholy and profane. This is what the law is made for: for murderers, fathers, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers. The law is made for them. The unholy is the sinner. You've counted God's, the blood of the covenant, an unholy thing, and have done despite unto the spirit of grace. What caused you to be condemned by the law of Moses? Transgression. Let's look at this. Transgression caused condemnation proverbs 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 chapter 12 verse 2 a good man obtaineth favor favor is grace look it up it means the same of the lord but a man of wicked devices like your preachers Will be, will he condemn? See, but a man of wicked devices will he, who is the he condemned? The Lord. So condemnation came upon those who transgressed it. So now these preachers are saying, okay, they're using condemnation to say, okay, now there's no condemnation. Never explaining to you what that is. So what does he mean when in verse 29, Hebrews 10, 29, 
of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy. So there's a punishment, not by the law of Moses and condemnation of man, but another punishment. Thought worthy, who has trodden down underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant whereby he was sanctified. See, the blood of the covenant by where he was sanctified goes back to Hebrews chapter nine, uh, 10. You can go back to Hebrews chapter 9, but you can also go back to Hebrews chapter 10 when it says, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Watch this. For by one offering, this is Christ, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified by his offering. But what happens when you count the blood of the covenant or you trotting down the blood of this covenant? When you trotting it down, let's go back to Acts, or not Acts, but First uh, Corinthians 11. Paul is going to talk about the blood of the covenant there. Watch this. It says, he's talking about the New Testament up in verse 25. This is the new covenant of the blood. You ye as oft and drink it in remembrance of me this is christ's covenant this is what they call communion they take the little cracker and the little grape juice this is what they do but let's go down to verse 29 for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily 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 eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning the lord's body what does it mean that he that eateth the cracker and drinketh the uh, grape juice unworthily. What does it mean unworthily? What does it mean not to be worthy? Watch. Let's get the book of Luke. Let's get the book of Luke. Chapter 15. I'm going to show you something. Let's, let's see what it means to be unworthy. Let's read it. It says this. 19. Well, let's read verse 18. It says, For I, it says, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, this is Christ telling a parable. I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy higher servants. Now, to be unworthy or not worthy, which is the same thing, is to be in sin. Verse 21, Luke 15, verse 21. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. The unworthy that's mentioned in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-nine is that these people are taking that cracker and drinking that wine, continuing in transgression, counting the blood of the covenant an unholy thing, despiting the spirit of the grace God gave to you to change from transgressing his law. That's why. Final two scriptures. I told you, Jude, chapter, Jude, we're going to read Jude 1 and 4. I decided to go a little bit longer. I had to. That's why when you see the book of James chapter 4, James chapter 4, verse 6 says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. He resisteth the proud. See, this goes back into the Old Testament to the book of Proverbs. God has never given grace to continual sinning. He's never done it. It's never, you can't, it can't prove that. It says this. Watch this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34. Surely he scorneth the scorners, those that scorn at judgment. 
but giveth grace unto the lowly. The lowly is the humble. The reason why we know that the lowly is the same thing. The reason why we know that the lowly is the humble is based off Proverbs 16, verse 19. Better is it to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. See, the proud again. Remember, proud it talks about the proud. But who are the proud? Who are they? What does the Bible says about proud? About people that are proud. Who, if God resists the proud, we got to know what pride is. What the who the proud are? What does it mean to be proud? Psalms one nineteen verse eighty five says, "The proud have dig pits for me, which are not after Thy law. The proud are the lawless." Watch this. Let's, let's look at it again. Psalms one nineteen verse twenty one says, "Thou hast rebuked the proud." that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Brothers and sisters, when you look at a proud man, he is a lawless man. So the Bible says God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. It doesn't say he giveth grace to the proud or the sinner. First Peter 5 and 5. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elders. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. See, God is not going to give grace to sinners in the end. How can this, 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 this is opposite of what they try to make Paul say when you're going to give one, well, we're going to get grace and sin. No, you're not. You're not going to keep on breaking the law by keeping Easter, Christmas, Sunday, all these worships that are not biblical and think you're going to get grace in the end. That's why. In 2 Thessalonians. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And unto you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in verse eight in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that that know not god and that obey not the gospel of our lord jesus christ verse nine who shall be punished with an everlasting destruction from the presence of the lord from the glory of his power Two scriptures, and we can close it up. What does it mean, no, not God? Let's get Jeremiah. Again, we don't want to be confused. Jeremiah two and eight. You're going to see this. You're going to see that these are mirrors. Jeremiah two and eight. It says, "The priest saith not, where is the Lord? And they that handle the law knew me not." The pastors, because they knew him not, the pastors also transgressed against me. And the prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after the things that do not profit. See, they that handled the law didn't even know God. They handled the law, but they knew him not. What They knew, they didn't know God. So knowing God, we have to understand this. First John, first John. They don't like to go to first John unless it's one or two scriptures. It's all about Paul, 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 because they can use Paul to deceive the people. First John chapter two, verse four, they'll never go here. It says, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. See, God is going to take vengeance on them that don't know him. We know him if we keep the law. So if you don't keep the law, you don't know him. Verse 4, 1 John 2 and 4, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the law, the truth, Romans 2 and 20, is not in him. They don't know God. Sunday keepers, they do not know God. Therefore, when we go to Jude chapter 1, verse 4, here's where I'm going to end it. It says, For there are certain men crept in unawares, who be watch this who were before 
of old ordained to this condemnation, not the condemnation of the rocks, the death that Mo that was under Moses' law. This is the condemnation that we just read in Second Thessalonians two verse seven through nine. Ungodly men, sinners, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Denying. See, they're denying what? What are they denying? They're always talking about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But I'm going to show you what they're denying. They're denying his word. They're denying his law. That's how you deny him. Because when we look at Revelation 3 and 8, it says, I know thy works. Behold, I have said before thee an open door, and no man shall shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and have kept my word and has not denied my name the word is the name people look at some certain title but the name of god is his word the doctrine acts 5 verse 28 29 you have not denied my word but they have and there's going to be a punishment for it now if grace is just given to the sinner why is there a punishment brothers and sisters I am your host, the Apostle Reuben. All praises to the Most High. Be sure, brothers and sisters, to join us next week in another episode of the Light to the Children's Ministries where we break down scripture for the salvation of our people.